1: Hey now, it's brace for impact, and I'm your host Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD. By God, Oliva, how you doing, JD?
2: I need to re-edit the video. I figured it out this time, when I'm watching it. The video, the screen goes black, and what I really should do is I should make that sound go down, and I keep the image going, and then we can kick over because <laughs> this is driving me nuts that we have this big yeah. hard outro, and we're like, uh, "Hey, welcome to the show," and I, <laughs> I need—that's on me. I have to fix that as the video yeah. professional. So I'm frustrated with that but not frustrated this is the second time we've recorded the show tonight because i we both both made that mistake
1: we we you know part of the show is making fun of jd producing um but i i decided to go ahead and uh, try my hand at it because i have to do it the next couple weeks and i i need to get a little bit more practice and i screwed up on uh, friday when i did my against a lot show so i'm like nope uh whenever i screw up i need to do it more that's that's my motto. So if I suck at something, I need to keep doing it until I'm good at it. So, meathead, um, I, meathead syndrome. Yeah, Love it. Yes, yes. Well, because I screwed up uh, on my the against all odds one. <laughs> I'm like, let, let me let me produce for the next few weeks, and you're out for a couple of weeks because you got the national championships uh, practice going. So um, it's going to be all me the next two weeks. But you're you're here this week, and um, I I want to get I want to go ahead and start the show off. Um, <clears throat> last week we forgot to cover. Um, What we were going to talk about with Tasha Steeles And that was going to be saved for the Patreon We just never got there So I want to start off hot Talking a little bit of Tasha Steeles talk um, You know, anniversary. It's no secret that uh, during the, the Queen of the Mountain match She was pinned three times And then ended up losing her title And then she was also pinned again Against uh, Jordan Grace this past Friday at Against All Odds And there's been some rumors, man That she's AEW bound uh, What say you, JD? What are you thinking here? She's gone
2: um yeah yep like and i know there's people that are that are upset about that because you know we're impact fans we want to see especially people that um made their start with impact kind of stick around but the reality of the matter is she was probably signed to a very cheap deal right and now she's got a bit of a name and that that uh, that helps your bidding power right your bargaining power i should say so i don't I could see her leaving. Like AEW has got this whole baddie search thing going on. They got Layla Gray as a quote unquote interim baddie. Her and Kira have that relationship. Like, uh, I don't, I don't see why she would, I don't see her staying. I don't. What do you think?
1: Um, Yeah, no, I I, I think that she's out the door. I look, I would love for her to resign and stick with impact. Um, I'd like for impact to be able to uh, meet the offer that uh, she might be getting elsewhere. They could. Um, That's possible. Yeah, they could. So, you know, there are two things that are more important than anything else in the world when it comes to pro wrestling, or if you're a wrestler, it's you like big money and you like big crowds. Right now, Impact probably can only offer you one of those things. And when you're on the, lower on the card, they're probably not offering you either. Um, but AEW right now, because of the position they're in and the popularity that they have, they can offer you both right away. Even if you're a lower tier wrestler, they can afford to take a chance on, on someone like Atasha Steeles that now has a little bit of a name and has developed some good character work. They could bring her in and they could probably pay her more than Impact would pay her at the level she's at in Impact.
2: I mean, that's Kira right? Kira's making more on a tier zero AEW deal. And now she's playing before a million people on TV, as opposed to being an impact. Like it's, that's, I mean, like you got to understand kind of what impact is when they're finding these young people, they're giving them their start. But when you give Mm -hmm. people their start, they're not going to stick with you because they're going to make a name. And a lot of times they're going to move on. You know, they're going to go, it's, it's rare. You can find a Josh Alexander, a guy you kind of give a break to. And, becomes a foundational player like that just that ace doesn't ace austin yeah Ace yeah. austin <laughs> and you know ace was in other places too like i always say i think of ace as an mlw guy before i think of him as an impact guy because that's where i discovered him mm-hmm. but he's also he's made his home at impact which makes sense with uh tasha i mean quite frankly she's better than anybody in 2.0 oh, right by I mean, far yeah like all of them there she's better than all of them and she's still she's 25 something like that like she's not old. Like she could easily transition into 2.0 and do very well there too. I don't know if that's off the table for them. Like, God, she's better than all those girls. So yeah. yeah. Well,
1: with exception to Roxanne, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, fair, fair. Um,
2: she Rox yeah. Roxanne, Roxy, whatever she's, uh, she's an exception to the rule down there. I right. forgot about Roxy, but the rest of them are not great. Mandy Rose has been with the company since 2015 and she's decent at best. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I I would be surprised if she sticks around.
1: Yeah, I'll be surprised. I'll be happy if she sticks around because I've enjoyed covering her work here at Impact. <laughs> but look, you know, uh, Impact is a place where kind of folks, they – they, they start here and then they kind of – they develop a little bit, then they move on or whenever you're kind of – whenever you're um, leaving one of the bigger companies, uh, Impact is a good place for you to rebuild your career and stuff like that. And then, of course, look, you got your core. You got Moose, Eddie Edwards, Jordan Grace. Uh, you got talent Josh Alexander. Now Ace Austin probably is a part of that group that are that have come into impact and they're sticking around and it seems like they're in for the long haul sammy callahan of course um and uh everything kind of revolves around that core group of about 10 people and everybody else just kind of comes and goes you know you got young people developing on the way up and then you got other people coming in from the bigger promotions and uh, redeveloping i would say um and looking for their their foothold in the industry
2: you just described ecw
1: yeah, yep, one hundred percent. And that was everything that Scott Demore and Don Callis said that they wanted to have whenever they took over the company. That's legitimately what they, they said they they wanted it to be like nineties all Japan, where you had your your elite eight and then everybody else kind of comes in and out and uh, they lose to those guys. You know, they'll they'll they feud with those guys, they'll end up losing on the way out and they'll go to the next spot. Um yep. that's that's
2: that's impact. And you protect the guy you protect your pillars. You know, you let the rest of everybody kind of do their thing and move out. And that's fine. You know, we got one out. We got one coming in. So... Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about her uh, as we get into the show. And uh, we have a good show to talk about, a newsworthy show, I would say, mm-hmm. um, and uh, capped off by, I thought, a pretty damn good main event, which is what you get a lot in Impact these days, pretty damn good main events. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the biggest news uh, coming into the show, it broke last week because of spoilers, of course. Um, but uh, Alan Angels, who recently departed AEW, and we kind of speculated on, on him last week, whenever we had Justin on the show about, hey, Alan Angels was uh, his, career, or his career, his uh, contract had just expired with AEW. Impact was in uh, Atlanta. Could they have bring him in over the weekend? And sure enough, they did bring him in. Um, and I think this was a good move. And uh, he immediately challenges Speedball Mike Bailey for the the, uh, the X Division Open Challenge. Um, it was, you know what, I think I had, I think I built this match up in my head too much because I knew about it for a week or so. And it, it did not live up to the hype that I put on it. I placed expectations on this match that they didn't agree to, and they didn't live up to them, unfortunately for them. But um, I thought it was a good TV match overall. What do you think?
2: I I echo your sentiments. I'm going to say this. This is a controversial statement. Kenny Omega is probably a little bit better than speedball, and that's okay. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Quite frankly, Alan Angels showed why he needed to leave AEW in this match. Yeah. Because he needs to work. Like, he needs Mm -hmm. to get – i i told you we we messaged during the show i said i felt like this was this wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination no 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 it's not we're not burying this match i felt that especially when compared to the follow-up match which is again an x division match pretty much that this one was i'm gonna do this move and then you're gonna do this move and then i'm gonna do this move and you're gonna do this move and alan angels maybe it's because he's been working under the mask for a while i felt like he was not showing much emotion nothing on his face when he was wrestling he was just going through the motions and i don't mean that in like he wasn't invested in it i mean he wasn't like registering anything he again he's 24 he needs to improve that's why he's doing this right and it was fine but for a guy who's had you know eight match of the year contenders already this year with speedball this wasn't one of them, but it was fine. It was, it was a fine match. Um, Do you think Alan Angel sticks around impact? I do. You know, uh, Gerard
1: sent us something in the chat. Uh, I guess um, they referred to him as an impact newcomer and Scott DeMore went out of his way to kind of call him that on Twitter as well. Um, So, but what I mean by stick around, I I don't, he might not sound like an exclusive deal here. I don't think that's probably on the table, but again, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier what's his independent rate okay this is your rate okay we'll offer you this many dates over the course of 2 years uh can you agree to that yep okay we get first rights on your dates, and you can do whatever else you want uh, whenever you're not working those dates. Cool. Sounds good. He can make impact his base and then tour around all these indies. I already saw on Twitter earlier today him and Vinny Massaro kind of talk, uh, talking it up about going to West Coast Pro Wrestling, So, he, which, is a, which is a really good indie in San Francisco. So I think right that's now. a good idea for him. Yeah, very hot. That's a good idea for him right now to do that.
2: I agree. I think he needs to be with impact. I think he needs to mentor yeah. under Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley specifically, right? Because yep. he's very much in their mold. Um, I see him as a young baby face who could be pretty good, but he needs to um, learn to be more emotional in his matches, right? And those guys yep. are fantastic at it and always have been, especially Sabin. So I think that he he needs to be mentored. Right. And in AEW, he wasn't going to get that because, you know, tier zero deal. He was kind of low in the totem pole, got a lot of got a lot of opportunities to work, but not a lot of opportunities to improve. Right? right. And quite frankly, you shouldn't be at the biggest stages while you're trying to improve like that, that, that hamstrings more thing. I think this guy needs to be with impact. He needs to do stuff with West Coast Pro. He needs to earn himself the spot in PWG because he's not there yet. Right. He needs. He needs this, quite frankly, because he's got talent, but now he's got to get the um he's got to get the emotional game over. And when he gets there, I think I think he'll be pretty good.
1: Yeah, same here. Um, like like, well, like we were talking about, the match wasn't bad at all. I thought it was mm-hmm. a good match. Um, we had a flurry. Of, or we um, he, speedball went for his uh, flamingo um driver. I guess that's his version of the one-winged angel. he went for that and he missed it. Uh and he ended up hitting him with the ultimate weapon. It's the 450 splash knees into the back. That thing looks so deadly. Oh, that was brutal looking. Brutal looking. Yeah, Angel's took all of that, man. But uh uh, entertaining angels i thought looked pretty good and i think yeah he needs to stick around here uh, after the match was over violent by design they attacked him as said dina and Doran came in and laid out both guys and then they called uh, for josh alexander to come out and uh, all of a sudden eric young comes out he's not happy he thinks they need to do better um and that the world belongs to him
2: this promo lasted a long time this was not good I didn't like yeah. anything about this. I love Eric Young on promos. I the first thing they when they came out and Dean goes, Josh Alexander. I grabbed my phone. I said, Why does no feud anywhere end? Ever? Like this keeps happening all across not picking on impact right now, all across wrestling. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are gonna fight again. Eddie Kingston, Eddie and, Kingston and Jericho <laughs> again. Like, yeah. oh, the young Bucks versus uh Swerve and Keith Lee and Starks and Hobbs, like we just saw this again. I mean, like, why doesn't anything end? Like, especially when we have these big climactic moments. Josh Alexander beat all three of them. Why are yeah. we doing this? Why are we treading water? <laughs> why are we so creative? It's not just impact, it's everywhere. Right. Why are we so creatively lazy? And that's what it is it's laziness.
1: I honestly, when he beat Doring, um And we didn't get the big beatdown after the bell with Eric Young and debuting a new member. Like nothing changed with the group, no. right? So now now they want to get one more crack at Josh. Next week, it's going to be the trios match with uh, Josh and the the Motor City Machine Guns versus Violet by Design. Very much looking forward to that match. Yeah, it's going to
2: be a great, great match. It's uh, going to be
1: great. It's going to be great. I hope that's the end of it. And I hope Josh gets to move on to another contender. Problem is, who's that? <laughs> I just, I, I don't know who that's going to be. They haven't gotten anybody ready
2: for them, but they haven't got anybody. but that's been a, okay. I think that AEW and impact both suffer from the same. I'm having the same issue with both promotions right now. And during yeah. AEW last night, I was, I got real distracted during the show because I was texting my buddy, John Muse and we're kind of both in the same spot is it's like, we both feel like, and again, and I say this with our product sometimes is that good matches are the band aid, Right. Like we don't have to do the work to tell stories because we just give you good matches. And and Dave's talked about this too. Is that good matches on TV don't mean what they used to mean because we see them all the time. I thought, I thought before we get into it, I thought this was the best pure wrestling show of the week. I thought the matches here in Impact this week were better than AEW's. Like, and I like the two, I like the two main events in AEW this week, but I thought overall the wrestling was better this week. But I think that nobody is telling compelling stories anywhere yeah and it's bothering yeah, well, me it's bothering yeah. me right now right
1: well and they're they're building contenders using just the typical gimmicks battle royals multi-person matches aew has a ranking system that that they ignore much yeah
2: that they, they ignore they don't do anything for, with it like and i'm yeah. tired of like well you know they have this ranking system but they, they throw out the window for like Okay, AEW did this, they had this battle royal last week. Okay, fine. Why didn't we take three weeks to build up Moxley and Brody King to get people interested in something? Right. This company used that company used to just, you know, promote stuff for weeks upon weeks on end before they would happen. Now you just throw things right out there. And we get like they're rushing to get things and an impact. It's like I feel like Okay, we have this Joe Dor, we have this uh, Joe Doring, Eric Young thing, and it's just gonna keep going and keep going. And and it's so it's so frustrating. And again, it's I'm just sick of like, oh well, they had really good matches. Yeah. Okay. What I mean, I don't remember. I can't remember the good matches that happened three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Like on TV, like, okay, yeah, forbidden door, great show. Against all Odds, great show. It really was. I caught it after I caught it after I got home and it was a really good show. But I mean, like, what now? Like on TV week to week, like you have to get me invested in these things. And I feel like, I feel like no one is getting me invested in anything right now. Like there's just nothing that's being done anywhere.
1: Yeah. We're kind of, we're kind of in a summer slump here when it comes to storytelling and that, and that's really, that's the problem. Matches are good, matches are but great. when you let, when you let wrestlers wrestle, they'll do it. They will get For the sure. matches in but it's up to the company to tell the stories and it doesn't that's seem not, like the stories are being told very well.
2: That's not the wrestler's job. The wrestlers want no. to wrestle. And I'm not saying we need a bunch of backstage skits like WWE does or nonsense. Cause I'll get into the nonsensical stuff later. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I just want, I just want a storyline. I just want a reason to care about this. And again, Eric, again, the, Eric Young and, um uh, uh, Al, and, and, and uh, uh, Josh gave me good reason a couple months ago to, to care what now? What's changed? Why do I why should I still be invested in this? Does Josh have to kill them all at the same time? Does he have to do the Roman Reigns thing where he stacks up all the bodies, all three of them, and pin them till we get this over with? Like, give me something else, man.
1: Yeah. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. So Young suggested, he might, Young suggested he might purge them both before Diener apologized and begged for another chance for both of them. Young said that he went from here on out. This world belongs to me and gave them that chance before walking away on his own. Um, next, we go to Honor No More. They were backstage backstage saying they weren't the problem, but Impact was the problem. Mike Bennett and Kenny King were heard from. Uh, Maria said uh, there could be no setback. She was able to get the sentence out without begging Tony Khan for a job. So good job, Maria. Um, you, you showed restraint there, ma'am. Um <laughs> and uh, eddie edwards then said pco has some tough decisions to make um pco tried to respond before before he could talk eddie edwards cut him off and said we need to see it in the ring um yeah so they really need to get to this pco turn they're dragging it out way too long for me
2: man um, this it's just this, i don't know Morris completely lost their momentum right
1: they have they have. They were, they were, it seems like it's been like, you know, up and down, up and down, like, you know, like a month or two ago, I felt like they were on the way up. And then, you know, two big losses, like Slammiversary and Against the Odds, two big losses, and now just dragging out the PCO stuff. It's like, okay, it's going down.
2: Okay, so like, we talk about story, the number, like, when we talk about story, breaking out story, a character, a group, a something has a goal. Something is standing in their way to prevent them from reaching the goal. This is like, this is literally the kind of what a story is. What is honor no More's story at this point? Like, I don't know what their focus is. I don't know. I mean, like they're mad oh, at I ring think, of honor. So, okay. Go and yeah. make AEW like Tony right. bought ring <laughs> of honor. Like it doesn't make, like, it doesn't make sense anymore. The group has to have another focus. Like if you tell me, okay, you know what? Um, Eddie's going to kill Josh. Okay do give me something like do something like what are what are what is our focus like we have six people caught a decent promo It's decent good thing they don't let pco talk pco should never talk he's a monster like right it's just like it's so stuck in the mud right now
1: yeah I'm no done, it, it, it is no it, it is and I, I think the ultimate end goal is for eddie to get the championship because that was specifically what he talked about they just keep delaying it um for a while i thought they were going to do it at slammiversary but i guess they're holding off so who knows when they're going to get that done but uh um we we go to another backstage segment diana prazo with chelsea green hyped up tonight's number one contender match between prazo and mia yim uh gail cam walked in congratulated them on their win against at against all odds and told green she'll face mickey james next week uh, and everyone barred from ringside from that match and tonight's match as well so there you go um, I actually thought Chelsea was good on this segment. She's entertaining to me.
2: She's good at character work. Yeah, she's really good yeah, at character. She like, really she's good at the character stuff. Like if this was the ni- okay, if this was the nineteen eighties, she's Missy Hyatt. Yeah, like yeah, she is. She's really good at that. I don't care for her in wing work, but boy, personality stuff, she's great.
1: She is great. Um speaking of great in-ring work, um I thought this was match was uh, tremendous. We had uh, Trey Miguel defeating Laredo Kid. Um he Miguel's coming off a loss against Bailey, so if you want to regain momentum in your career, you got to wrestle a luchador and impact because you're most likely going to beat the luchadors. So, there you go.
2: I loved this match. Like this is like what Fantastic. I was comparing, What I was comparing to the Allen Angels match is it felt to me like Trey and specifically um laredo we're trying to win right i really yes. think that's a criticism that we hear of wrestling all the time and i don't always agree with it <laughs> but i thought that nice job mike good cut in um <laughs> it's hard Producing's tough, right it's tough it is
1: we, we need a third party producer
2: <laughs> I, hey jeremy we need you um yeah. No, I thought this match was really, really good because Laredo Kid is awesome and is without a doubt the most underutilized guy on the roster. And who is the last luchador that Impact has pushed? Is it Penta?
1: It's Pentagon. Yeah, it would be Pentagon. Um, I, he, I don't. I don't. Phoenix was pushed too, but uh, Pentagon actually was pushed to the world title, but he only held it for a taping. And then the Lucha Brothers were the tag champs for a while before they lost to LAX, and then they ended up going to AEW. So
2: Lucha, the Lucha Brothers rule. Um, why don't we push? some of these guys like laredo kids awesome i don't know maybe it's his triple a stuff because he's more he's his triple a's is like number one place but i mean i don't know i feel like both him and a guy we'll talk about later could be doing a lot more than they're doing
1: yeah yeah and uh especially if there's a guy out there a luchador bandito who has actually been name dropping impact as a place that he would like to go to i'm like man do you actually watch the show you're gonna lose brother like we're gonna protect you lose we're gonna pick yeah. Heath. He's
2: gonna look like a right. star all over the place. Can't walk, can't <laughs> work, can't do nothing. But I mean, he's he he's a guy we're gonna push over Laredo Kid. It makes total sense to me.
1: Yeah, such dog shit. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this match was insane. I really loved um how uh, Trey Miguel was continuing to sell his leg from the speedball match, and that speedball match is incredible. Mm-hmm. So everybody go out of the way to watch uh, against all odds. But um, yeah, great great stuff. Um, both men are. Uh, let's see. Kid nearly got the win off a Michinoka driver as Miguel uh failed on a springboard due to a leg injury. But uh Miguel got the win off a crossroads counter, so he switched to the crossroads instead of the meteora because he's selling his leg. Um good good he,
2: stuff. Um he does that way better than Cody Rhodes, quite frankly. And it's not
1: even close. Not even
2: like Cody's been using that thing for over a decade, and Trey busts it out occasionally, and it's so much smoother. Like, yeah, it's hilarious.
1: Uh and then uh this is you know what maybe this is another thing we'll talk about on the Patreon but uh we have a co-promotion for Ric Flair's last match as they begin to take a look back at various Flair impact moments uh leading into Impact's last match so uh presented by Starcade or Starcast I'm sorry. Uh that's kind of interesting. Um you know let's not save it for Patreon. Let's talk about it now. Oh we do it now? Do think, okay. Yeah, do you think Impact's going to bring Flair in in the lead up to this uh Flair's last match? Who's he wrestling? Jared, that's the only name I can come up with. I, Jay Lethal
2: is the other one I can come up with because they've been working I, together.
1: I know, but Jay Lethal's got the match with Samoa Joe uh, I got on pay-per-view, <laughs> and I don't think Tony Khan wants anything to do with this nonsense. I really don't. Uh, it's because, A, it's piggybacking off of uh, or SummerSlam, right? He doesn't like to do that. And, B, StarCast, the Flair's last match, kind of a shit show Flair has been canceled essentially um uh, because of all those allegations yes, and all yes that he, he might canceled? well he'd been canceled in the mainstream but uh the wrestling fans the hardcore wrestling fans don't care no uh, these are the same people that cheer vince mcmahon the day he gets all those allegations made against him you know good for point. the most yeah for the most part wrestling fans do not care about this stuff so um i i i don't think that if impact brought him in there would be there you you might get david bixen span complaining about it on twitter but that's going to be about it
2: Yeah, that's that's you're right. That's what's gonna happen. Um, No, I don't think they'll bring him in because I don't think the taping schedule will Mm -hmm, work with it. I don't think Louisville. Louisville's
1: next week, and Starcast is uh like two weeks later. So I think they could do it.
2: All right, I I guess it's possible, but I don't. I would be surprised because I don't know. I don't know. I would be surprised if they do it. And I don't think I just I think Conrad probably thinks he can do a better job advertising with his own stuff than, you know, yeah. working with impact. And I think that's the only reason they wouldn't. It's, I don't I don't foresee Conrad wanting to work specifically with impact. It seems like he's trying to keep neutral. Right. Right. And it's possible he bought some like he might have given them some money to do some promotion for them. But I would be surprised if if Ric Flair actually showed up on the show.
1: OK, Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but uh, it just kind of seemed odd to me that they're that impact is going above and beyond to promote this show. And uh, they have a taping coming up leading into StarCast. Seems like that'd be a perfect time to shoot an angle for a star for StarCast.
2: I appreciated them reminding us of when Ric Flair came in and ruined AJ Styles. Right. <laughs> yeah, started, yeah. Thanks, guys. Started the worst like the worst streak of impact television ever. The, yeah, the Hulk Hogan, yeah. Eric Bischoff hero. Thanks for reminding me about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, next, uh, Diener and Doring were paging backstage. Look for Alexander, they ran into Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. Saban, Line of the Century, uh, called them. Hey, what are you doing? Are you box kickers? I was. I don't know why they cracked me up so much. Calling <laughs> them a box kicker. Why did
2: it say box kicker?
1: Well, that's what uh, Diener and Doring were kicking boxes backstage. So Saban goes, "Were you getting box kickers?" I didn't even make well, that what connection. What box kickers doing? I I don't know why that stood out to me. It was so funny.
2: I was just Um, like, what does that mean? I didn't even think about that. Is that's literally what they were doing at the moment. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, uh, Alexander showed up a big brawl ensued. And next week we got the trios match. Um, And then we get a vignette for the uh, returning who we thought two years ago was going to return, but it looks like she's returning now. Killer Kelly coming back to uh, impact. um, And she had a really interesting vignette here. Kind of a, um kind of a psycho style like in the motel and then she hit some lines from fight club there at one point There's also a dead possum on hated the that. sidewalk
2: i hate yeah. this bro so much i like the killer <laughs> kelly's coming back i really do i forgot that she had a journey album tattooed on her back that's cool um yeah the, the dead possum i was like cool there's a dead possum there and then she was in the the She's in the bathroom, right? But the toilet is in the foreground. So I thought, is she going to take a shit? Like, that's honestly (laughs) the first thought that went through my head. No, she goes in the shower, which makes much more sense. But, like, Uh, I just, I don't know. I did not. I like Killer Kelly. I think she's going to do great here. Again, one leaves, one comes in. That's an upgrade.
1: That's how it happens.
2: I did not. (laughs) at all like the video but she's gonna do great here
1: <laughs> yeah um she warmed my heart when she said it is only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything that is a line from fight club and it's my favorite line from that movie so uh, I, w- I always enjoyed that uh, movie and that line so there you go but yeah kelly- killer kelly coming in uh, excited for that so um next we got uh, james storm and chris harris backstage with a uh, mean jay miller who turned her mic off i don't know why she did that but they I were don't... talking directly into the camera
2: I don't blame Gia on this one, right? No, this is no. we'll talk. Let's do a little production <laughs> right here. This is yeah. on the cameraman because there are the sound guy. It's one or the other. They have people whose job it is to make sure that stuff is good, right? Gia's job is to hold the microphone and look nice. That's her job, right? Yeah, the guy because the sound guy's got what we got on right now. The sound guy's got headphones on. He could say, hey, this doesn't sound right because any sound guy worth half his shit is going to figure that out in about two seconds that yeah. now here's another thing too they don't go back and look at this stuff right you don't go back why do we do de- well, why can't we ever do take two on anything
1: yeah it's like how did they not know that the mic wasn't connected because like immediately when we started this podcast the first thing you said to me is like hey mike your mic's not connected so i went in and i hit the settings button and boom that's there it is make sure my mic is.
2: that's all it yeah. is on most cameras it's a switch you just yeah. flip the switch like stuff like that drives me crazy it's like we want to like we have this great roster right we have we normally have video good really good video production like i said i'll put Mm -hmm. our video packs up against anybody but we're sloppy sloppy Sloppy. and that just like that can be fixed right but it just you got to show some like effort and that's all that is is effort hey man that didn't work let's do take two yeah just just to have it like bugs me yeah
1: yeah, bugs me too. But uh, yeah, they interviewed James Harris or James Storm and Chris Harris. Sorry, uh, they're backstage talked about their match against all odds. Uh, Harris indicated it might be their last ride, while Storm said he had some unfinished business. The camera followed him, and he uh, ventured into Steve Macklin's locker room looking for Moose. Macklin thought last Friday was his retirement match, while Storm said he was in his prime. He sure as hell is, by the way, uh, challenging him for a match next week. So next week we get to Steve Macklin and James Storm. And probably what is most likely, James Storm's a swung song with his current run here and impact. But um, yeah, looking forward to that match. Um, and uh, we're still trying to figure out why Macklin interfered on behalf of Moose. We still don't know. They didn't really I'm, explain that yet. So I'm
2: I'm okay with this, right? I feel like this is going somewhere. Yes. I, like I'm curious to see what happens next week. I'm not. I don't. I don't know if it's a lock that Macklin wins, right? Because if the Cowboy is going to stick around a little bit, I bet he wins. But we don't know that for sure
1: um and next oh here let me hit the handy dandy next match yeah there we go for our folks on youtube is uh pco versus torus again pco lost last week so what do you do you wrestle a luchador and you get your momentum back um he wrestled black torus with crazy steve and he was trying to prove to honor no more that he is worthy and uh they had a really good match um torus got back into his uh but got back into it with a pair of sling blades. Uh, he did a reverse sling blade that I thought was pretty cool, by the way. Uh, followed by an elbow drop. He was selling an, an injured arm and couldn't immediately get the pin, though. He missed a twisting moonsault, and PCO took advantage, hitting a reverse DDT and a slightly awkward PCO salt for the pin and the win, where he basically threw both knees right into uh, Toru's stomach. Um, but, uh, yeah, that looked brutal, and uh, he got the victory. On No More came out to congratulate him. They were intimidating Crazy Steve, and then Heath, the protected Heath, Ran out from the crowd and uh, hit uh, hit a move on uh, Kenny King there and ran out. So, and with fans chanting Heath, Heath, Heath in the audience.
2: Dave called Black Tarus one of the best bases, possibly the best base in wrestling, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what Black Tarus does in Triple is He just he bases for all these amazing luchadors. Um, I don't understand why Heath is so protected and Black Tarus just does jobs to everybody. I don't get it. Heath is famous i think that's the only thing they I push think. him they push yeah. him that's the thing is if you treated heath like wwe treated heath he wouldn't be oh he would get the oh he's got kids stuff that we yeah. would have we would laugh about it black taroose is significantly better than heath laredo kid is significantly better than heath but this guy gets to dance in the main event scene and i don't know why he's never been good he's not a great no. promo he's not good in the ring i don't get it
1: and he's out of shape.
2: <laughs> yes. So,
1: yeah, I don't. I don't oh, know yeah. what's going on there. He's got naked pictures of somebody. Um, but next we go to uh, the Good Brothers, Chris Bay and Ace Austin, all backstage. First time all of them together on the same screen as Bullet Club. So, and that was interesting. For some reason, even though um, the Good Brothers got the victory over Honor No More, they still want to fight to Honor No More again. So we're going to do the same variation of a the same match with just a couple of different people. Um, same, same, same. Doing that next week. So there you go. Eight man. Very.
2: It's a Very new Japan core can match eight man tag, you know, yeah, yeah, no, that's very,
1: yeah, very much, very much so. Uh, digital media champion Brian Myers was walking backstage, came, a, came upon Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice to exchange words. Before he encountered Bupinder Gujar, who wanted the title, the frustrated Myers suggested Gujar take on Swinger next week with the winner getting a shot at the title. So, uh, there you go, that was I that. Left. I left, uh, yeah, Swinger always makes me laugh. Uh, next, we got you know what I we got Rich Swan defeating Mahabali Shira. I'm going to say something complimentary about Shira. This was a good TV match. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I thought this okay. Possibly because it's mainly Rich Swan. Yeah, Rich but, Swan. Uh, I thought. I thought Shira did an effective job as the monster heel, beating down Rich Swan, who always does a good Ricky Morton, uh, the underneath baby face, selling, 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 came back, hit a ton of moves, and then got the victory. And he beat Shira while making Shira still look like a monster. This
2: is great pro wrestling. If this was 1989, Shira would have a nice spot in the WWE, WWF roster, right? Oh, He's, yeah. He's big. And in the 80s, oh. he'd have been bigger.
1: Oh yeah! Let's oh, in honest. the '80s, in if it was early '90s WWE, he would have been wrestling Hulk Hogan as a representative of Baghdad, Iraq. You know, Smota Saddam. Oh God, you're monsters. right. You
2: know they would have. hundred oh, yeah. percent. He would have been in the Triangle of Terror. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's another. There's Shira. That's another guy that they do more with than Black Tarus or Laredo Kid. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, Rich carried him to a really good match for for Mahabali Shira, Ohio Valley's Pride, Mahabali Shira. Well, used to
1: he lost to James Storm tonight on OVW TV. So,
2: oh, thanks for the spoiler.
1: Not like I sorry. Was gonna watch oh, it yeah, I was like, wait a minute, you're not gonna fucking watch OVW. No, bit I'm bit not bit. gonna watch OVW. <laughs> I was doing a bit. Come on, man. Uh, sorry. Um, and uh, the the influences, Tennille Dashwood and Madison Rain, weren't happy. Uh, what do you think about Madison Rain's mask here, James? You looks, set
2: uh... yeah, I set you up <laughs> with this because I texted Mike during the show. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but Madison Rain looks absolutely stunning in this mask. I can't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that says about me. Perhaps I'm a sociopath, but I think, I think she you looks are <laughs> fantastic in that mask. I don't yeah.
1: know. It's a nice mask. What do you say? I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh and they were happy with Giselle Shaw about her effort last Friday against all odds. Um, and uh apparently Masha Slamovich making a death threat on Tanil is Giselle's fault somehow. So there you go.
2: Hey, we're cooking um, something, and, we're doing something. I appreciate it,
1: yeah, yeah. And then next, we got Taya Valkyrie trying to calm down and upset Rosemary about against all odds. Rosemary felt like they were outnumbered and said they had to go to the Undead Realm for help. They need to go find havoc in the Undead Realm. Um, this was great television, great acting, great. I'm du- oh, just kidding, this sucked. <laughs> uh yeah so i guess we're going back to the undead realm next week uh jd you're off the show next week so i gotta deal with this myself
2: i appreciate that greatly i thought we were going tonight (laughs) i was getting pissed off it's like next week the undead realm and i'm like hot damn i'll be in a car um i'm gonna miss this dude i spent saturday night and sunday night watching four hours of stranger things and oh my gosh Fucking fantastic. It was awesome. I loved it so much. Eddie Munson, oh my God, when he's up there thrashing the master of puppets with those bats. Oh my gosh. What a scene, right? So supernatural stuff (laughs) can be done great. But if you can't do Stranger Things, why are you doing this? Like, especially in this era where there's such good stuff of this, where I can scratch that itch of like this awesome, supernatural thing. Like every episode of Stranger Things this season was a movie. We had nine Stranger Things movies. And you're going to give me the undead realm with bad acting? I don't get it. Who wants this? The six people that chant for Rosemary every week? Like, this is... (laughs) I guess. just stupid. They're they're placating somebody. But, I mean, like, it detracts people from watching Impact, right? When I tell people, Impact's a good show. It's a good show. And they go, dude, look, and they point to this stuff. And I got to sit there and go, it happens. Like, I I point back. I point back to when Kenny Omega first showed up and they gave us Wrestle House, which is just an offshoot of the undead realm. Like, this is the stuff that hurts Impact. Sorry, Lance. Yeah, well, Lance, um, I, he has
1: nothing to do with creative. Uh, he just produces the matches. So And,
2: and complains <laughs> about other people doing the same things that his show does.
1: Yeah, it's the old uh, Less Than Jake line. Everyone here hates everyone here for doing the exact same that they do. So there you go.
2: You have never listened um, to a single Less Than Jake song, and I do like that line that you just said. Brother man, I'm going to send you a track. Send me some, because I've never I – I, I know – I know of them, but I've never listened to them.
1: Oh, one of my favorite bands of my twenties, sir. Great, huh? great band. Huh? Please send yeah. my way. Yep. Uh, we go to the main event. I thought this main event was awesome. Uh, at one point they were doing an impression of uh, Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kabashi, <laughs> which I was like, if you're going to steal, steal from steal that from match, best. go ahead, steal from that match. Cause a lot of people don't even remember that match, but I do. God damn it. Um, but uh, one of the better women's matches I've seen in a long time, I think that it could be right up there with any, any uh, you know, it was only for a TV match, so that kind of hinders it a little bit. But no titles on the line, number one contender match between Perrazzo and Mia Yim. I thought this match fucking ruled. What would you think?
2: I'd love to retire the phrase number one contender because I'm just sick of hearing it across, across all of wrestling. Um, <laughs> I, I hate it. Uh, this was awesome. I had an epiphany midway through the match. Deanna Perrazzo is my favorite women's wrestler, and it's not even close. Oh, nice. It's not even close. Like, she tries... Every, remember what Chris Curtis was Alan Angel's for? Everything Deanna does, she's trying to win, right? Like, everything yeah. looks like a struggle. Everything looks like it's a fight. Like, and she has great facial expressions. They did the Ric Flair Sting spot where Sting would throw Flair off the top rope. Like, I haven't seen that. I can't remember the last time I saw that spot. It was awesome. Like, I just... I love her work every single week. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out how WWE could not make her like a great heel in that company. Right. She's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she, she is. I,
1: I'm really, really shocked that she didn't stick on there with WWE. You would think that she's everything that they like, but maybe it was more of a, you know, you she, never, you never know what's going on with somebody. Maybe she just didn't get along with certain people there. But I'm like, but talent-wise, you know, I
2: think that's got to be a personality thing. Because like, she's good. Like she's, she never even yeah. got a chance. They never put her on TV. Like, I don't get it. Like I really don't. Like she's, again, this hit me during the show. Because again, like when the AEW women's matches happen, like you know, no, you know, guys know me. Like I'm, I don't know, it's okay. I, I tend not to. I don't hate women's wrestling or anything like that. But just you know, I don't pay attention as much. I tend to tweet a little bit more. This match yeah. had me from the Bell. Like she's she's awesome and well worth the main event spot. I'm actually a little bummed that it's not gonna be her and Jordan in Jordan and Chicago. Like me and yeah, it's fine. It's good. Fresh matchup. I'm I'm good with it. I just really like Deanna. Yeah,
1: um, it seems like since she lost the title and then she lost that rematch to Mickey, she's just been kind of like doing th- like she had that ring of honor title and then she went and lost it and she had the triple a title she lost that so it seems like the last couple of months she's been kind of floundering a little bit you know not doing much there um but she's you know picking up with this chelsea green story i was hoping that the, her and chelsea would challenge taya and rosemary and kind of get away from the undead stuff but it looks like that's going to continue so yeah I, I don't know i don't know what the future holds for diana Perazzo, but uh, she's she's amazing she's fantastic uh, fantastic and i'm um, yeah, had what an incredible two-year run she's had here on Impact. It was mm-hmm. exactly two years ago, uh, I think this week, when she was
2: announced for Slammiversary in 2020. She is someone that um, you talk about gambling on themselves, right? Because she had a bit of a name in the indies before. Like, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, Deanna Prazo, She's pretty good, you know? And then when she signed with WWE, people are like, oh, that makes sense. You know, especially when they were bulking up the, the black and gold NXT. Since leaving WWE, she's been one of the best wrestlers on the indies. Regardless, oh, yeah. regardless of gender. Like she's fantastic. Like I can't think of I'm just I was, again, I had this epiphany night. Like, I don't think there's been a time on this show that I haven't enjoyed watching Deanna Perrazzo Russell.
1: Like No, she can probably one of the most consistently good performers on the show. And yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna bring up gender, I'm just, just no, in general. In she's general, consistently good.
2: Yeah. Constantly, everybody. She has good matches with everybody. Like she has good matches with people who aren't very good. Right. She has great matches with people that are very good. Like, she's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yep. She's awesome. This match was awesome. I yep. think it, um, uh, um, capped off a pretty good show, made it a, you know, uh, basically a thumbs up show. I, I would say the only, you know, this match and the Trey Miguel Laredo kid match would be well worth people going out of the way to see, uh, Trey Miguel's on a hell of a run too, by the way, uh, I speedball last week was incredible. And, uh, speedball wasn't the only guy in that match. Trey Miguel was very much a part of that and did a great job in it. And, uh, it carried over this week with his match with Laredo kid. So yeah. good, good stuff from impact this week.
2: For sure. I was my, uh, as far as wrestling goes, I think it was the show of the week. Like the wrestling on this show was really good this week to the point where my least favorite match was the uh, Speedball Allen Angels match. And it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was just on that particular show, not great. Now, what I did have an issue with is I don't think the booking is very good right now. Like yeah, I, think the, the, I think it's lazy.
1: The wrestling, uh, the matches are basically outweighing the booking.
2: You know and I mean? can, and I'm going to so. level that exact same criticism at AEW. I think the booking yes. right now is lazy, and I think the mat, I think we're getting, we are, we are trying to be the alternative. We as in everything outside of WWE is trying to land. Well, we're the show that gives you good wrestling, and right now WWE is actually doing a pretty good, giving people good wrestling. But their storytelling is what it's always going to be, and you know Vince McMahon going to have a fat guy throw up on people. Because that's what he thinks is fun,
1: <laughs> right? So and then, and then lose half the audience
2: and lose half the audience. Four hundred thousand people turned away, but there were people that tell you, "No, no, no, it was the holiday." Yeah, yeah people was, that had already committed to watching fireworks. the show turned it off. Yeah, but that nothing not do anything. <laughs> their, story, their storytelling is the bee is the bee's knees, man. That's like you can't beat WWE. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't just rely on this is what you're competing with. Like you can't just rely on good wrestling to carry you over. Tell some stories, man. And impact we shape it like they tape they they do bulk tapings. You can can do a better job of this. You can shape your own narrative. AEW is kind of beholden to like you know sometimes you get a bad crowd or sometimes you know stuff doesn't work. The crowd doesn't react well. We can shape that. We can protect it, and we don't do a good enough job. And it's been it's been my biggest problem with this promotion this year. I love the wrestling. I absolutely love the wrestling. I just think the I think that the, the the production can be better
1: yes i i agree i agree well hey everybody if you're listening to us on the free feed or on youtube uh go ahead and check us out over on patreon.com slash fight game media we're about to go in on some more news we're going to talk a little bit of briscoe's we're going to talk uh oh, there's some kushida news out there uh impact related kushida news uh also wrestling entertainment series they got some big stuff going on not do they <laughs> that's why i threw in the knot um and then uh mlw we're gonna do some mlw talk so um until next week free feed we'll talk to you
0: later patreon stick around